Everybody, Brian Barnhart sitting in for Jim Turpin on this Thursday, July the 6th, as we work our way through the 4th of July week. Great to have you with us on Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Brian Barnhart sitting in for Jim Turpin. Jim taking some well-deserved time off. And we'll be with you again tomorrow as well. With you till 11 o'clock today. Coming up in this first hour, an open line here between 9 and 10. Of course, the what I like to call evergreen topics, uh, the presidency, President Trump, he's over in Poland, just got a huge reception over there from the folks in Warsaw, in Warsaw, Poland, headed to the G20 summit over in Germany. That'll be coming up tomorrow. I think he's got a side meeting with Vladimir Putin, which a lot of people are interested in seeing and listening in on as they talk. Of course, the uh, state budget, there might be a state budget by later today, whether you like it or not. Just wondering your feelings on that. The, the members of the House of Representatives in Springfield expected today to override Governor Rauner's veto of the budget and big tax increase. So that is in the news today. Again, those are sort of what I call evergreen topics. They're always up for discussion at any point. Have a couple of texts we got at the very end of the show yesterday that we'll get to along the way. I've got a little bit of a today in history that I like to do. Being a history person, I love to read about and learn about history in the past. So an open line here in this first hour. So whatever topic comes to mind, if there's something you'd like to talk about, you want to bring up a concern, uh, just want to visit about something in general, Does it can be serious, it can be silly, it can be whatever you'd like in this uh, first hour between 9 and 10. At 10 o'clock, after the uh, CBS News and the local news, we'll visit with Scott Friedline. He's going to tell us about a couple of things, the Illini Rebounders golf outing coming up later this summer, and also the Spirit Ride. We'll find out what that's about coming up with Scott Friedline in hour number two, and then an open line after that from 1030 to 11. So that's what's on the docket here today. We're at 907 and 81 degrees. We will take our first call of the day here. Let's go to Jim on line one. Jim, good morning. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Uh, this is this is not a frivolous call. This is serious. All right. Um, what is Josh Whitman thinking about popping up with a <clears throat> with a mascot? Um, you know the the thirty or uh, fifty or a couple of hundred loudmouth left wing liberal. Uh, politically correct yo-yos did away with our chiefs ten years ago, and the hundreds of thousands of us uh, that are that are that love the chiefs sat around and let it happen. Uh, you, you just can't just you just can't outdo the loudmouth left wingers. Um, if he's going to look for a mascot, he needs to start looking for either a politician to be our mascot or a, a liberal U of I professor to be our mascot because. Uh, most of us are not going to buy into some yo-yo mascot. They're going to try to let the students pick the mascot. 
they're going to be here either one semester or six months, or they're going to be here uh, four years and then gone forever. Uh, it just is so upsetting that we're going to be thinking about a mascot. We ought to bring back the chief. Yeah, I think the thing you're talking about, and this is, you know, they've been discussing this over at the university for a while at, at the upper levels. Uh, you know, I guess previously uh, Chancellor Jones had said maybe he's in favor of looking at it. Uh, I see what you're saying here. It says Josh Whitman says he's not against it as long as it unifies uh, Illini Nation. Uh, but I know that, uh, you know, they've been kicking this around for a little while to see what is potentially out there. But I, I, I kind of agree with you right now in the sense that I don't think most people that are around that have been longtime Illini fans, I'm not sure they want any kind of a mascot if the Chief's not going to be the symbol. You know what I mean? That's me, yep. yeah. And I think and that, that's still the majority of people, I think, in the area. Where does uh, Chancellor Jones come from? Is it, it, he doesn't know anything about our Chief or the history of this thing, except what he reads that the Liberals give him. Well, he was uh, in the Big Ten of Minnesota for 30 years, so I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably aware of it. But, uh, you know, being from the Midwest and all. For, all right, for well, that, for that for many years. Me. Thanks for letting me vent on this thing. I'll probably be venting for the for odd input for a lot of years. You know, All right, I'm well. a I'm a president's council member. Uh, I'm a U of I grad. My wife's a president's council member. I think I've got the the right to be able to complain loudly, not as loudly and obnoxious as the as the diehard left. But uh, uh, it's it's just crazy what we're doing. All right, hey Jim, thanks for your thoughts. Okay. Thank you. Yep, good to get them out there. Thank you. 356-9397. You can email us, talk at wdws.com and the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. What Josh Whitman has said, and I, Channel 3 had some things on it today, said it's, uh, to me it's about a broader question. Whitman said it's about unifying the University of Illinois, our alums, our students, find a common purpose and a common idea. He said perhaps a mascot is behind that, perhaps it's not, but he says certainly athletics is willing and happy to participate in a conversation in that effort. And he says we look forward to again seeing our stakeholders come together around a common idea of the University of Illinois. That was basically Josh Whitman's interview with, I think, Channel 3 or the statement at one point along the way. So anyway, that's what he's referring to. We're at 9-11 here in Champaign-Urbana, and right out of the gate, let's go to Lou. Good morning, Lou. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Good, good. Listen, I want to just run some by you. Yeah. It's been bothering me for a while. I want to talk about the selection of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yep. I read this article in the paper from this young man from Peoria. As to why Lou, he said Lou Henson was bypassed for the Hall of Fame. He made very good points. I guess what he said was Lou Henson would be number 29 rather than number one. And uh, the university has been doing this kind of stuff, he said, for about 25 years. I think it's a tragedy. I think it's sinful. I think they ought to be ashamed of themselves, that committee, to do this man this way, to win this coach. Are we selecting people based on how much money they give, not because of what they've done for the university? And I know people don't want to talk about this, but Josh Whitman, Ron Gunther, and that crowd, it is awful. What they have done to this man, I think he deserves better. But yesterday they can pat him on the back, they can go out to lunch with him, but they don't want to do the right thing. What do well, you think about? Well, it? they they did announce that the, I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday at the gala in Chicago. They did announce that he would be the first member of the second class of. Uh, my in, question in, in, in my, 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 excuse me. Yeah. My question is, 
why can't he be in the first class? Why do you got to wait till the second class? The man is 85 years old. Yep, and well, not, I don't want to hear this nonsense about the big gay affair. That, to me, that is, a, that is what you call hypocritical. I don't care what they say. Just whipping all, they got to live their last time. I think it's sinful. Well, I don't care about what they made announcement. I think it's wrong. Well, there's a lot of people that agree with you, I can tell you that. Well, so, they, 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 they can try to make excuses, excuses after excuses. I look at people like Jerry Colangelo. You think he's better than Lou Henson just because he's on professional baseball teams and stuff and, and basketball teams? It's about giving money. It's a popularity contest. i tell you another thing i got a problem with. you got a young man over here in Oakwood, Illinois, who was a tremendous, tremendous baseball player, went to the pros. His name wasn't on the list. I wonder why. Darren Fletcher J- you're talking about. Uh, uh, J.C. Caroline. Oh, J.C. Caroline. Okay. J.C. Caroline, yeah. not on the list. Yeah. Leon Thomas, not on the list. Eddie Johnson, not on the list. Kim McGill, not on the list. So when they go make these selections, tell the people what criteria that you use. But no one wants to do that and tell us who you are. You're hypocrites. Come from behind the curtain. I said this again, Lou Hemsworth has been number one. Not next year. Have All right. You, you wanted him in there this year. All right. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate it. Okay. People are fired up today. 914 here in uh, Champaign-Urbana, 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. And you really can't go back and undo it. I mean, uh, and again, the criteria, they had the criteria and very difficult. They had a very difficult job. Uh, but there's a lot of people under the sentiments 99 to 1 or maybe 100 to 0 that Lou Henson should have been in the first class. I think everybody kind of agrees with that, and I think the the Josh Whitman and his team, his crew over there, realize the understand the sentiment, and that was one of the reasons why they. And you can say, well, okay, it was too late, maybe if you want to say that. But at the gala, they did announce that, and while he was there, uh, in person with Mary, that and several other players, that he would be the first member of the second class of inductees into the Illinois Hall of Fame. And we certainly hope Lou's health continues to stay steady and doesn't get worse. He has struggled for sure, and uh, certainly it will be an honor to have him in that group, in that second class, and in there, ultimately. And that's the important thing. All right, let's go to uh, John on line two. Hi, John. Yeah, you're dealing with all the toughies early this morning here. <laughs> well, That's I've okay. A, I, I have something that I hope is a little bit on the lighter side. Uh I just heard yesterday that President Trump has accepted the results of the election. And oh, he did, happy, huh? And he's, he's happily living in rent-free in the heads of the liberals and finding plenty of empty rooms. Well, he's having a good day in Poland, I hear. Uh, pretty pretty well I, received I, over there, I've heard. I think so. We got, we got that direct. Now we'll see what it is tonight and tomorrow on the news. Yeah, well... Uh, I, I think his accomplishments uh, are going quite well, too. Uh, if, anyone, if anyone wondered, they could Google uh, for the list of his accomplishments. But particularly when the, uh, oh, all the protesters and so forth that can't find happiness and trying to give him a hard time. Yeah. And then he has uh, uh, the fact that in six months... Uh, the Senate or the uh, the voter the voter the they have held up on nominating 
uh, approving his nominees for mm. uh, for a few dozen of appointments that he is sure. still still mm. short. Yeah. And well, then, in, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say I think the the thing that both parties have been guilty of, and I think the Republicans did this a lot during the uh, Obama years too, was you know they just as a party you've got to have a message of what you're for. Mm-hmm. And you've got to drive that home every day. And right now, I don't think the Democrats uh, you know, are having any kind of a message other than we're just against Trump and he's an awful person. And I think even the Democratic leadership in the party is beginning to realize, okay, we've got to come up with something else. You know, t- Tell us what you're for. I think most voters say, tell us what you're for, not what you're against. And I think the Republicans, some Republicans, not as a unit, but I think a lot of them were just against Obama and We've seen some of that with the actual vote in the Health Care Act. You know, they weren't ready to put something in place. They were all against Obamacare, but they spent a lot of years pounding away on it. But when the time came for them to put something through, they weren't ready or they weren't unified. Well, they act like they're not ready to go to work some days, and I'm <laughs> talking about Republicans, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, one, one guy, and, and they're picking on him and singling him out. But I think John McCain was a wonderful war hero. But he has passed his time in being in the spotlight uh, like he is. And the first thing that the Democrats or the media do when they, when they want to have someone of Trump's party uh, say something bad about him, boy, they seek out John, uh, John McCain. Mm-hmm. And I saw him uh, one day. I watched a little bit of the... Uh, of one of the hearings that they were having, oh, probably three or four weeks ago now, and he could only—he only had one line, and he repeated it about five times. Uh, what about this article in the Washington Post this morning? And somebody needed to say, "Show me an item that's been true in the Washington Post for a month." Mm-hmm. But he just kept repeating that, and pretty soon he just faded away. And I—I I really, did you ever get an uncomfortable feeling when you hear someone? Uh, speaking uh, like that, and I do it I do it myself, struggle once in a while, uh, lose train of thought or something, and he just couldn't get off of that. What about this article that was in the Washington Post? Yeah. And nobody <clears throat> ever did answer him. And pretty soon his time was up, and it was time to go on yeah. to another one. So yeah. I hope that they get someone uh, uh, who is more able to handle his duties. Yeah. Well, it's up to the people of Arizona in that case. So. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. I, did, I, I didn't want him to get in, but I didn't <laughs> want to win the last time. But yeah. I didn't want the Democrat that was opposing him. So. Right. Okay. Okay. I, Thanks, John. Uh, Appreciate bye. the phone call. 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. We'll take a break. Back with more. Your phone calls. Open line here the first hour. Scott Friedline for a few minutes talking about the Spirit Ride and the Illini Rebounders golf outing, and then more open line. Tomorrow, Dr. King Lee from the Carl and Illinois College of Medicine. As that begins to take shape, we'll visit with him in the second hour tomorrow. And then Jim's back on Monday on Penny. All right, what's on your mind today? We've had some very passionate callers early, and that's good. If you have something serious you want to call about, if something lighthearted, something you saw or something you want to mention, Feel free to do it. This is the open line format. Very unique, I think, anymore in radio at a local level like this, of a station like this that can take your comments, your thoughts, 
We have a lot of other programming during the course of the day. Jim mentions this, where you're basically being talked to by the host. Say it's Rush Limbaugh. Uh, you're listening for the hours that he's on or Sean Hannity or whoever, and you get a lot of news programming, but this is kind of your chance to visit with us the other way and give us your feedback on your thoughts on things. And that's the, the beauty of Penny for Your Thoughts. They've been doing it for a long, long time in a variety of ways, but uh, the idea has been the same uh, all those many, many years. Was it Mark Howard, Larry Stewart, Jim Turpin? Uh, big names, of course, that have done it forever here in East Central Illinois. I got a couple of texts here. They didn't have texts back then, but I guess they'd mail in their comments sometimes. This uh, text comes in, says, Tax to death. This came in at the very end of the show yesterday. My wife and I now get to pay another $1,200 in state income tax, another 600 for the new school, and now another 600 to the MTD. Thank you, Illinois and Champaign, for the additional $2,400. Why is it greedy to want to keep my own money, but not greedy to take other people's money? That was a text we got in yesterday. And there was a story about a squatter, some squatters, yesterday. And we went kind of back and forth on, I think, the owner of the property got arrested. And I went looking for that story. I had somebody off air say, well, it's not true. It's an urban legend. But I thought, I'm going to look for myself. And when I looked it up, it's a story from Philadelphia. It has to do with a gentleman who owns some apartment property and some squatters moved into the top floor and uh, among other things, began running extension cords out the window, getting power from different places. So, and I, I'm looking at a news report from a news station in Philadelphia. So, it's not an urban legend; it's a story that this gentleman that called yesterday about. So, you never know. You always have to kind of check these things out. You'll hear things and see things. People will say they heard this. It's kind of like that game we used to play uh, when we were kids, or maybe you do at parties now where you tell somebody something next to you in a circle and by the time it gets back to you, the story doesn't sound anything quite like the original story. <laughs> that tends to happen in much faster fashion these days with Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Three five six nine three nine seven. Text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, three five one five three five seven. Email us talk at WDWS.com. Uh, this day, July 6, 1957, Althea Gibson, the first African-American tennis player to win a Wimbledon singles title, defeating fellow American Darlene Hard, 6-3 and 6-2. This is the uh, day also in 1957, many of you probably visited this, the Harry S. Truman Library, the nation's first presidential library dedicated in Independence, Missouri. And it was on this day, the same day, 1957, that 16-year-old John Lennon first met 15-year-old Paul McCartney when Lennon's band performed a gig at St. Peter's Church in Woolton, Liverpool. So those guys got to get together, and the, as they say, the rest is history there. I found this interesting, 1933 on this day, the first all-star baseball game played at Chicago's Comiskey Park. We all have been to games at the old Comiskey Park, right? Wasn't that a great old park? <laughs> the American League defeated the National League 4 to 2. And it was this day in 1942 Anne Frank, her parents and sister entered a secret annex in an Amsterdam building 
where they were later joined by four others. They hid from Nazi occupiers for two years before being discovered and arrested. All of that uh, today in history, July the 6th. And this was the day 20 years ago today, the rover Sojourner rolled down a ramp from the Mars Pathfinder lander onto the Martian landscape to begin inspecting the soil and rocks of the red planet 20 years ago today. All right, let's see here. We've got some uh, text in. It says, Kevin says, I too am not in favor of a new mascot. However, I do understand why the chief was retired after talking with a reasonable Illini fan who is also one half Cherokee. The last caller is a fine example of what is wrong with the discourse we have today when he stated, how does Robert Jones, the chancellor, know anything about the chief? This caller has no idea what the new chancellor knows or doesn't know. Give me a break, Kevin says. Then the next test says, your first caller is as narrow-minded as the liberal he derides. I'm liberal and I love the chief. Bring back the chief. And then also, D. Brown, first-year Hall of Fame, question mark. D. wasn't the best player on the 2005 team. You could argue he wasn't even the second-best player on that team. And he adds, if Illinois gets a mascot, I'll buy a ticket and go boo it. All right, those are some of the responses early this morning. Let's go to Bill on line one. Hi, Bill. Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. I just got a, a kind of a crazy hypothetical question. What if this North Korea would actually launch one of those uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles with a nuclear warhead on it, and we intercept it halfway to Anchorage? What what happens to all that nuclear waste? That's a really good question. I don't know. I wonder if it settles in the ocean, or do, I don't think it does. But I'm just wondering if maybe some of your people down there at the U of I would under you know, are listening and maybe they could answer that question because I'm wondering if the damage has already been done, if it's been, if it's been launched. Yeah, I, that's a really good question. And I don't know where the North Koreans are. There's different people that talk about it, experts that say, okay, they are testing the distance of the missile. They haven't figured out how to marry the nuclear device to the missile. They're at this stage. They're at that stage. I don't know where they're at, but yeah. it, obviously they're getting closer to something. All yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, this this guy's got me kind of concerned just a little bit. So I've always, I've wondered that, and if I go to some of the local watering holes around where I live, everybody's got a different answer for that. But I'd like to maybe somebody there that really knows what's going on could yeah. answer that question. That's that's a really good. Maybe if somebody's listening, they can help explain that. But that's a okay, that's, well, that's a great question. I hadn't thought of that. Okay. Well, All thank right. you so much, and have a nice day. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. Yep. Good question. You can answer that. I can't, but if you can, let us know. 931, Michael Kaiser. He's a nuclear expert. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, here to do, he's a news expert, though. He's here to do the uh, news headlines. Now, you were, were you in the uh, hearing yesterday? Yeah, Corey? yeah, I was in the hearing, uh, yeah. yeah. How, how was that? Uh, it lasted around 25 minutes or so. Uh, it, it, so it, much, it was quite a bit longer than the other on Monday's appearance, which was as expected. Yeah. Uh, the two sides kind of had to speak to the judge on the reasoning for he, why he should be released and why he should be held. Uh, and uh, Brent Christensen was a, a very quiet. It didn't speak very at all, but he he did uh, nod an acknowledgement to the judge several times during the hearing as the judge was explaining the process to him at the beginning and mm. why that they were there for that hearing mm. and. But other than that, it was uh, pretty uneventful, but uh, 
definitely a dip, different atmosphere from the circuit court level. Uh, that, that's for sure. It's just a, it's, it's quite a bit different, but mm-hmm. still a court hearing nonetheless. And we'll see if he has that court hearing on, on July 14th. All right. He's being housed over in Decatur, they yep. say. So, mm-hmm. uh, and his attorney's Evan Bruno. So they're working out logistics there. All right. We'll let you do the news and we'll get back to more open line. Again, Scott Friedline will join us, talk the spirit ride and also the Illini rebounders golf outing in the next hour for a little while, and we'll have more open line today. And we're back with more after the news. We're back on Penny for Your Thoughts. Brian Barnhart sitting in the chair, the Penny chair, honored to do so both today and tomorrow. It's been a fun week. Had the 4th of July in the middle of it. Now we're up to the 6th. Tomorrow the 7th, we'll head into the weekend, and off we go. Football's not all that far away already. But uh, we'll enjoy the time uh, off while we have a chance to rest a little bit from all of the activities of all the ball games. It's a pretty quiet month overall, sports-wise. Do have the All-Star game coming up with baseball next week down in Miami. 9.38 and about 79 degrees here at the Radio Center. What's on your mind today? Already had some great calls, some great texts and emails. We appreciate all of that. Keep those coming. That's what this format is for, the open line here in the first hour. Scott Friedline joins us in hour number two. He'll tell us about the Illini Rebounders golf outing, the Lou Henson golf outing, by the way, is what they officially call it, I think. And you can also learn about the Spirit Ride. We'll tell you about that in hour number two for a little bit in the first half hour. And then the second half hour, back to your open line phone calls, 356-9397. Text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. You can email us talk at wdws.com. Good uh, big picture of Lauren Tate interviewing coach Brad Underwood in his basketball office. Sitting there on the couch talking Illinois basketball here during the course of the summer. They touched on a variety of talk uh, topics. How the workouts are going. There are some individual workouts they can do. They have so many hours that they can allot to working out with different members of the team or they can combine them into different uh, shorter sessions. There's various ways to do it. But uh, Thursday today marks the start of a recruiting dead period that runs the rest of July. But uh, you might check that out in the uh, News Gazette today. Also, of course, a lot of deep coverage in the News Gazette. We've had a lot of coverage in our newsroom as well, of course, of the uh, Christensen case being held as they continue to move through the process of that, uh, Evan Bruno is his attorney as they go back and forth in federal court on that. 9.40 here at the Radio Center. Let's go back to the phones. Ed joins us. Good morning, Ed. How are you? Uh, it's actually Eric. Oh, Eric. Okay. You're a couple, we're a couple um, letters short there. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Uh, I want to talk about the Christensen case, if I could. Yeah. Um, I know you've had Tom Bruno on your air. He's been uh, a well-known member of the... Uh, of the community, city council, whatnot. And for the life of me, I, I can't, I, I'm almost surprised they took this case because, uh, uh, well, for one, Evan seems a little bit in over his head. I think that's why Tom probably was there yesterday and such the magnitude of this case, you know. I mean, uh, probably the biggest local area has seen in a long, long time. Where it, I can't even imagine a bigger one. That's a high-profile case, no doubt. Yeah, and... Uh, I was thinking, I'm not even sure why they're taking questions, to tell you the truth, because um, no comment is probably what they should be saying, given what's already been put out there uh, for their, their client. I don't think they're in a, they're in a no-win situation, as it seems to me. 
Yeah, I remember a few years ago, and this is not at that level, but I remember a few years ago, I was living in Oklahoma when the when the Oklahoma bombing happened, the Oklahoma City mm. bombing, and there was a pretty well-known attorney out there who had to represent Tim McVeigh. Right. You know, and that, well, you talk about the difficulty of trying to do the due process of a trial and court and all the comments in and around that. That was a, I'm sure that was not an easy case, and this is obviously not quite at that level, but certainly serious enough and uh, yeah i mean uh, you, you know everybody has the right to an attorney and somebody has to do it and uh, they're in a kind mm-hmm. of a tough spot you know oh yeah definitely I, i'm surprised that they're even making comments about uh you know to the reporters and that because uh it just it just looks bad for them i mean it makes them paint them in the wrong way even though they're doing their job yeah uh, they're all supporting someone that you know nobody was uh, is on the side of so it's uh Kind of a no-win situation. Oh, but, sure, uh, and, and he's doing, you know, he's got to represent his client in this case, mm-hmm. and, you know, and one of the things that is in the news, and our newsrooms talked about it today, is, you know, they're holding him over, I guess, housing him in Decatur. He's in the custody of the U.S. Marshals, right. and how do you work with your client when you're an hour away? How do you make that logistically happen? And so that's a pretty safe topic, you know, for him to talk about and, and mention, and that's kind of what his comments were about today. But anyway, just wanted to bring it up because it's such a unique situation. Unfortunate too. I hope they are able to find uh, Miss Yang. I mean, I know that's uh, probably the thing that they're all working on right now to completely, uh, you know, or you know, to, to get this case to a full conclusion. But uh, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate the phone call, Eric. And let's go to Charlie on line two. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. This is in reference to the caller who wondered what would happen if we intercepted a Korean ICBM. Yeah, with a nuclear warhead attached. Correct. Yeah. There's a 99.99% chance it would not detonate in the air if we hit it with either a kinetic interceptor or something that it blew up nearby it and just destroyed its potential to continue in flight. And so the stuff, the fissionable material, uh, we're not sure what they're using, whether it's plutonium or uranium-238. There's two different kinds of bombs, if you remember your um, history from World War II in the atomic variety. Fission and fusion, right? Yeah, well, yeah, there's hydrogen bombs, too. Mm -hmm. He claims to have one, but that's doubtful. (laughs) But anyway... He claims a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The... um, uh, let's say if we hit it at an altitude of 50 miles or so, um, it would invariably break up. Some of it would probably burn up on reentry, um, and what was left would scatter over the surface of the ocean. Uh, if the depth was five or 10,000 feet, it would then be dispersed as it settled to the floor. And water, especially salt water, is a, a really good dampener of radiation. That's why they used it in reactors. Hmm. So the net result is you might have some deep-sea fauna that wasn't real happy with it, but you're talking less than 20 or 30 pounds of fissionable material. Uh, it wouldn't represent any great hazard to anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, what, give me a vi- how big would it be? I mean, are we talking the size of a... What? Basketball. Basketball. Yeah. That's that's all the bigger it is. Yeah, more than likely. Wow. Well, you got to fit. You've got to figure it's going to fit inside the nose cone. Right. And you know, 
um, maybe a beach ball, but that's about it. Uh, so, and then of course there's if it's an implosion type device where it's you know it takes the visual material and drives it together to achieve vision, then you know a lot of that is inert, and a lot of it's just explosive. And so the actual uh, thing that does the business end of it is uh, probably not much bigger than a grapefruit, but a tremendous yield in energy, because if you do equals MC squared, my dad, when he was in college back in 39, and they told him that, you know, the guy came into his physics class with a lump of coal, and he said, if this was fissionable, this could power the whole university power plant for a year. Hmm. Kind of gives you an upscale of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, he was a, like a lump of coal that you would get in your stocking. Right, right. yeah, that used to be in my grandma's basement. Yeah, yeah just that, a little lump of coal, if you could actually achieve E equals MC squared, would yield a, enough coal, it would be this, you know, a mound 100 feet high by 200 feet wide out in the coal yard. Hmm. And so that's that's pretty amazing. Do we even and, know uh, where, I know some of the experts, have, they're not even sure where the North Koreans are on marrying the missile to the to the warhead, right? I well, mean, the, here's a one takeaway from the most recent launch. We tracked it, and from all appearances, the uh, nacelle that would contain uh, a, uh, a weapon was able to reenter the atmosphere. Oh. And that's not the best thing, best news for us, because so far... Reentry has been one of their major concerns, and if they actually have come up with um, a survivable delivery, uh, an actual warhead that can come back in without burning up, now they've achieved one more of the three or four you know steps that they need to do. Some, I'm I'm not worried about it because of several things. Um, Star Wars is probably still alive and well, which means that we have stuff up there circulating the earth in the form of a satellite that can probably fire a 20 or 30 gram pellet at an unbelievable speed with computers that have the intercept course all down and we can kinetically destroy almost any weapon that's fired on earth Hmm. in a ballistic sense you know like a Sure. He's got to get it up there, it's got to arc over, and it's got to come back down. That gives us plenty of time to get a solution, and we'll kill it uh, in mid-flight. And w- nobody will ever know, because we don't want to give away our secret. Right. <laughs> yes, it's, so cla- it's classified, not, yes. I, I sleep just fine at night. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. All right. Well, Charlie, good information. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. Yep, that's good. Good to know. Uh, let's go to Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Um, you asked the question of what happens, you know, when you intercept it. Um, and the last caller had some really good points. One of the things is really important is where do you intercept it? And if you can intercept it on the way up uh, before it reaches the very top of its arc, uh, it will fall short. And... Um, because it's lost its momentum and going up and then comes down. And so the goal of all these weapon systems is always a, what they would term as a, um, a boost phase intercept. So when they're still going up, that way it would fall in the middle of the Pacific or someplace like that. Hmm. 
But if it reaches the top and starts coming down, now the momentum is on a trajectory. It's that, that parabolic trajectory, if you will, if that's the one they chose. And whatever debris uh, survives will be in the general area where the target was supposed to be. Uh, I see. Depending yeah. on their size, the, the debris itself, what size it is, and how much aerodynamic drag it might have, uh, it'll either be long or short. That's why that that, point. that's why the reentry capability is so critical, right? That that's yeah. correct. Yeah. And uh, huh. so the boost phase is where you want things to to really happen. So putting the uh, anti-missile missiles or whatever, intercept missiles, is close to where you think the threat is, where they might launch it from, is kind of critical because you want to hit it on the way up. Right. <clears throat> wow. So I guess if you're shooting so, it at a longer distance, like if you're shooting it towards the U.S. as opposed to Japan, that trajectory is going to, you got to shoot it longer. It's got to go further up or further out. Yeah. Yeah, you have and, more time to shoot it down, right? Yeah, and when they had, but it, it's still, you want to get it before it gets to the top. No. Oh, okay. So wow. if, if you had a long enough one, and they talk about hitting New York or someplace like that, and it falls short, you know, that could fall in the Midwest. Sure. You just don't know. Hmm. But um, but the other caller was right. The chance of a, an actual explosion is is uh, is not very good. Yeah. And well. Depending on the kind of weapon it might be. So did you learn all this so, in calculus class? No, I, <laughs> I worked for one of the major aerospace companies for mm-hmm. 30 years, and now I'm kind of retired, and I affiliate with the university a little bit. And, okay. And so, you know, it's it's kind of what I did for a long time. And yeah, well, you uh, and, uh, c- certainly know. You sound like you know what you're talking about. So yeah, and and if people are interested in the other thing, the other caller was calling that was during the Reagan administration, and they called it brilliant pebbles. Hmm. Um, was the the orbital platform he was talking about? Brilliant pebbles, and, and he's right. Who knows if it's up there or not? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we're not saying officially. Well, I, I don't think any any of that. I certainly don't know. But, yeah. Okay. Um, but that was the program that Reagan had called it Brilliant Pebbles. So. Stephen, anyway, thank you. Thank all. you so much for uh, giving us a call today. That's good stuff. Okay, take yep. care. Yep, you too. 356, there, there you go. I've learned something. I feel like I'm back in um, trigonometry or calculus with the trajectory and all of that. But it all plays a part, I guess. What do you want to do here, uh, Jimmy? Do I need a break or to keep going? Take a break. All right, we'll come back. We've got two callers waiting. We'll get to you right after the break. Stay tuned. 956, 79 degrees. Penny for your thoughts. Brian Barnhart in for Jim Turpin. Let's keep the phone calls rolling here. Back to Ted. Hey, good morning, Ted. Good morning. Thank you for putting me on after a couple MIT rocket scientists yeah. graduates. Those guys, those guys sounded pretty smart, didn't they? Well, I'm not going to. Well, here, here's the other end of the spectrum. Um, quick question, maybe one of your listeners, and maybe they've already talked about it. I just tuned in. Watched the thing, unfortunately, on ABC last five minutes about the uh, uh, people get deported because they're illegal, and there, there's some lady out in Texas or California somewhere who's adopting all these kids or set up some things. She's got like a 1,000 of them or some crazy number kids on there crying blah 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 are, are and i'm gonna sound like don here are we are we holding these kids hostage is there a reason that they can't go with their parents to the country where their parents are from and 
I say that tongue in cheek. Yeah. I think I would go with my parents, you know. And so well, I was saying to the TV, to, uh, to ABC, tell the whole story. We're not holding the kids hostage. Let them go. Yeah, that was on ABC. And I wonder if any other listener thought that when they see the liberal slanted propaganda. Next question, you probably already answered it, is why why wasn't this kidnapper left with state charges? I hate to say this, but I have friends in both state prison and federal prison. To be in federal prison is not good. Neither one of them are good. But to be in federal prison is 100 times better than being in state prison. You're, he's going to be in a federal prison, and he's going to, it's, it's the lap of luxury compared to state prison. Yeah. And don't get me, I don't mean really lap yeah. of luxury, but it's 100 times sure. better. Well, I, I think Why, it has to do with more of the charges than anything, right? I mean, it, kidnapping I don't know. I'm not a, co- yeah. a lawyer, a prosecutor, but I... I for, Barney Five could have found. Um, there was 18 cars in the county. Barney Five could have found the guy. Oh, it wasn't about, rocket scientists. Uh, science finding this guy. The Saturn Astra. Huh? There, was, there wasn't that many exactly. of those. Yeah. 11 or 18 in the county. So you go to 18 different locations. You interview the idiots, and you know, blah blah blah. But anyway, those are my two questions. And okay. Please don't put me behind the rocket scientists <laughs> anymore. <laughs> All right. But, Thanks, Dad. Bye. Appreciate yep. it. Three five six nine three nine seven is how you can join us. Uh, we'll have Scott Freeline in here for a few minutes right after the news, talking about the Spirit Ride and also about the Illini Rebounders golf outing. And then we'll get back to the phone calls. If you've got some more thoughts on North Korea, the Rockets, if you've got some more insight, we had two experts. Sounded like to me that uh, they've got it down as to what happens with those Rockets and what's capable for uh, North Korea. Also, a lot of talk about the state. Talked about the uh, mascot talk a little bit that was out there. I think Channel 3 had a story on that along the way. Let's see here. I got an email from Hank. Says, I was very disappointed in our state treasurer when he was being interviewed on the morning show. He blamed the governor for the budget not passing. First of all, doesn't he realize that the governor was elected because he promised to balance the budget? And doesn't he realize that this unbalanced budget could also mean the state credit would cause it to be a junk bond? Just one of the many reasons so many people are leaving this state, and I will soon be among them. Thank you from Hank. That's an email there. All right, we've got CBS News coming up at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. Local news right after that. And then Scott Freeline for a few minutes, and then back to your phone calls in the second half hour of the show today between 10 and 11. Tomorrow, Dr. King Lee from the Carl, Illinois College of Medicine. We'll get into that tomorrow as well. Here on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. Penny for your thoughts. Brian Barnhart in for Jim Turpin, hour number two. Thanks again for all the texts and emails. We'll get back to those at 1030 if you've got something on your mind then. An open line 1030 to 11. Open line tomorrow at 9 o'clock from 9 to 10. And then joined on the 10 o'clock hour by Dr. King Lee, the new dean of the Carl Illinois College of Medicine. I think you'll find him a fascinating guest in hour number two tomorrow to close out the week. And then Jim's up again on Monday. Three five six nine three nine seven is how you can join us on the phone. Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven. Email us talk at wdws dot com. Our friend Scott Friedline is in the house. 
How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? You were on the Champagne Police Force for a long time, right? Twenty six and a half years. Yeah. How many years you've been off now? Uh, about five and a half. Yeah. So still staying pretty active, though. That's for yeah. sure. And you uh, just sent you and your wife just sent your son to uh, Germany. Germany. Right? He's in the yeah. military. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, with military police company out in Germany at uh, K Town, as they like to call it, call it Kaiserschlotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just got out there yesterday morning. Wow! So, yeah, pretty so exciting. Mom's texting back and forth. And yeah, <laughs> staying in touch. <laughs> you betcha. Well, well, good to have you here. We Thank have you. you in here for a couple of reasons. One is the uh, Rebounders Golf Outing mm-hmm. is coming up soon. We'll talk about that, and also the Spirit Ride, which is something you're involved with, but. Uh, We'll talk about the golf outing first, okay. if we can. Tell us about that. What's uh, When is that coming up? Well, it's August 23rd, and it's out at Stone Creek Golf Course, where it's been for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, it sold out rather quickly, so we're trying to encourage people to you know, get your registrations in. We want to see it sell out quickly again this year. New exciting things this year, obviously, new basketball coach. Yep. Makes it pretty mm-hmm. pretty exciting for all of us. Uh, we've done some new things with it, and as is typical, we're looking for more sponsors to help uh, do this event f- or help you know raise the money for this event. Um, this is our primary fundraiser every year mm-hmm. uh, for the rebounders, and that's how we can support the basketball program and, and some of the things they need. Yep, so. a lot goes on with the rebounders and the basketball program. You guys Correct. have helped them over the years with lots of things, right? Yeah, well, they did the European trip that we helped with, uh, the the – uh, some of the training things that they're doing where we brought the SEAL team in, those are things that, that we've helped contribute to, um, iPads for the players, different things that will help them be successful uh, as students and as student-athletes. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, now it's known, it's been known for a few years now, right, as the Lou Henson Correct. outing officially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's the Lou Henson, the Illini Rebounders, 16th annual golf mm-hmm. outing. Mm-hmm. At Stone Creek, August mm-hmm. 23rd. Give me some particulars. Time, tea off time. You having a um, lunch, a dinner? Yeah, we do both actually. Um, the the range opens at ten thirty, along with our registration. At noon is the uh, shotgun start, and uh, we typically wrap up about five o'clock. Have a nice dinner, do a live auction, do some silent auction items. Um, you know, we've got a pretty good goal to try to raise some some big bucks mm-hmm. this year to help uh, again continue the program and, and the things that we're doing. How many golfers you you normally try to have? Full field, full, full field. field. Yeah, okay. so it's one hundred and thirty, whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's every hole is filled, and <laughs> so yeah. And I, I talked to Barb, who handles a lot of our stuff for us. Barb Barker, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. she's already got several things, several registrations in, and and uh, already picked up some new sponsorships. So yeah, you've got to talk uh, about that a little. bit. Yeah, yeah. we've got uh, um, GFI Digital has come on board, and uh, they're going to be a big sponsor for us this year. Um, sponsorships are available, and we got a lot of different opportunities. Uh, that we've kind of worked toward uh, everything from a whole sponsor, which is a $250 sponsorship, up to some of the bigger events, the contest sponsors, things like that. Um, uh, GFI Digital picked up our golf cart sponsorship, so that, that's one of the things that we kind of do. And uh, So it's pretty neat from that standpoint. And you've had some other new sponsorship ideas too, right? Businesses yeah. that can be on the course, they don't have to play. Exactly. We, we actually created a new thing this year where it's promote your business, and businesses can contact us. They uh, are put on a hole where they can do hand out materials to promote their business while our golfers are playing golf. Um, it's nice because it kind of kills a little time. You know, these mm-hmm. these outings can kind of go slow at times, and mm-hmm. so you get to the tee box and you kind of stand around. Well, this gives them something to do, and, mm-hmm. you know, they can hand out goodies or whatever they want to. Do you so. need to be a rebounder to play? Is that a No, we actually, it's it's two different uh, registration fees. Rebounders are $150 a person. Non-rebound members are 175 and the mm-hmm. team can be a mixed team. It doesn't have to be strictly um, rebounders or, or non-rebounders. Um, we've changed one of our award divisions in the past. We've always had a women's division. This year we're 
treating it as a mixed division. So mm-hmm. it's guys and girls on a team because uh, we just haven't had that many strong turnout in, in the women's only division. So it really creates the opportunity for the mixed groups. Mm-hmm. And how should they get a hold of you? Well, Illini Rebounders is probably the best way. All the forms are there for both sponsorship and registration. It's IlliniRebounders.com, and uh, everything you need is there, all the good information. Mm -hmm. And if they do have questions, they can give me a call at 217-649-8390. 649-8390 for questions on playing, sponsorships, any any or all of that. Hopefully Lou Henson will make it out. He usually does. We've got the invite and the preliminary commitment, just as we do for all the basketball coaches. Now we realize things may come up, but in the past years we've always had a, you know, the coach out there. We do autograph signing and, um, Coach Gross would putt. Uh, we've got something new in line for, for Coach Underwood, uh, hoping that it all works out. Uh, I heard he pulled a hammy, I think, the other day. Oh, he did? Huh? Uh, yeah, there was some discussion about an injury, and so hopefully that won't impact his ability to, to yeah. do what we have in mind. Because some of the coaches like to play with a team or go right. around and meet all the teams. Others just like what I think is a great idea to have them just putt. Right. With each group that comes up and get a photo or whatever. Right. So, um, well, we've got, like I said, we've got something special in store. So <laughs> find out you got to sign up. Let's <laughs> okay, put it that okay. way. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to come back some more with Scott Friedline, and we'll talk about the Spirit Ride next. Uh, we're at 1017 here on DWS. All right, we're back on Penny for your thoughts. We'll get back to an open line here after the news at 10.30. We're at 10.20 right now and about 80 degrees here at the Radio Center. Brian Barnhart with you. Today we had an open line the first hour visiting with Scott Friedline. He, of course, was on the Champaign Police Force for several years, involved in all kinds of community activities. Telling us about the Illini Rebounders golf outing August 23rd. You can call 217-649-8390 if you want to get information or go to the Illini um, Rebounders website. It's pretty easy to find with information on that. Also, you have a second event you're involved in, which is called the Spirit Ride. Now, tell me about that. Yeah, the AT Spirit Ride, um, basically it's tow companies from around the country who come together through American Towman. A uh, number of big sponsors involved in this. And what it is is to raise awareness for the move over slowdown laws. Um, you know, every year we lose a large number of emergency responders, police, fire, ambulance personnel, and tow operators uh, to roadside crashes. And um, what this is doing is raising awareness to the fact that people do need to move over, give them some room to work, and, and slow down. Um, from the towing perspective, obviously I'm with Reynolds Towing now as, as the COO there. And um, I've seen some of the hazards that have come in. Our drivers have had close calls, et cetera. Um, and we just really need to encourage people to do just that. And so this, this spirit ride, uh, what it is is it's a, um, a memorial casket that's making its journey across the United States. Uh, it started out, started out on the East Coast and is currently today in Wisconsin. Uh, tomorrow we'll be in countryside Illinois, and then we'll be driven down here for a stay overnight at our facility. And then Saturday morning we actually will have a ceremony, uh, a casket viewing. It's a very beautiful uh, art type of casket piece of artwork uh, that it depicts a number of the emergency responders in different types of situations. Hmm. Um, There'll be a ceremony. There's a gentleman that travels with the casket that uh, has written some songs. And so the ceremony, we, we actually have the casket open for viewing at 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll be out at Marketplace Mall in the northeast corner. And um, people can come out and see. We've got a number of emergency responders coming out for this event as well. Um, we'll have a ceremony starting at 10. And the ceremony will include some songs. 
uh, some discussions about the, the laws, et cetera. A couple of guest speakers. We actually have a survivor from a roadside incident in Decatur uh, from February hmm. who will talk about his experience. Uh, then we'll load the casket up, and uh, we'll have a procession outside, of, or heading out of Champaign. We'll take uh, Neal Street down to Bradley, Bradley to Bloomington Road, take the casket over to Muhammad on 150, go through Muhammad uh, on 47, get on the interstate at uh, I-74, and go to toward Bloomington. Mm-hmm. We are going to do a quick pit stop at the rest area near where um, the trooper was killed. Um, last week, and uh, stop and do a, a prayer for him mm-hmm. before we continue on to Bloomington. Uh, we'll be taking the casket to Brown's Towing over there, and they'll do the ceremony mm. there as well. Guess you'll have a lot of folks involved in the procession. Is that that's with, that's with? our hope. I mean, okay. we've invited, and matter of fact, even today we had phone calls from different companies. Uh, uh, some national companies are promoting this and calling all the mm-hmm. tow firms to say, "Hey, bring a truck out." Um, I know we've got a commitment for a number of trucks as well as, as mm-hmm. some other things. Um, and fire departments and others are going to be there to uh, to help, again, promote this mm. and, and really bring awareness. Because we all are at risk when we're out on the side of the road and, you know, traffic whizzing by at 75 or 80 miles an hour. And you've got just a couple of feet, you know, and something as simple as a tire change can really have a bad outcome yeah. if we don't pay attention. Because is, that's the rule now in Illinois, isn't it? Right? It's, when, it's when, the law when, across when, the country. Almost okay, every yeah. state has adapted this. And, yeah. you know, when you're talking about over 100 people killed per year on these roadside incidents that are very preventable that's what we really want to raise awareness to is to yeah. get people so as you're over. driving along and you see somebody regardless they're flashing they're on the lights the road yeah breakdowns you're everything supposed to get in the other lane yep if possible yeah right move over slow down give them a little room mm-hmm. pay attention because you know like for our drivers they may be kind of half underneath a vehicle trying to get something undone um you know and that's the only angle they can get to it so they're they're really occupied with their activity and it's it's very difficult. So we have to count on the public to do their portion. Right. So number to call or information where should they uh, go? They can to call find us out? at Reynolds Towing, two one seven three three seven zero nine one three. Again, that's two one seven three three seven zero nine one three. ATSpiritRide dot com has information and a lot of good videos from what they've been doing as they've worked their way across. You can actually track the Spirit Ride live. Okay. Uh, as they're moving and and see what's up with it, and so it's kind of neat from that standpoint. And you said where where do they start? They're working their way across the country. They start right? on the east coast. East coast. Okay. The, the intent is it's actually a two year project. Hundreds of tow companies are involved in this thing, hmm. um, and uh, if you look at the map, it's it shows all the spots, and it's a zigzag you know mess of lines that uh, hmm. of all the different places they're going to be. Like here in Illinois, uh, they'll be here. Tomorrow on on uh, Friday they'll drop the casket off. We'll have our ceremony Saturday. We're taking it to Bloomington Saturday. Then it goes to Peoria, and then it just continues on a route that's already scheduled out. All right, we've got a caller for you. If you want to put your headsets on there real quick, let's go to Pat on line one. And Pat, go ahead. You're on with Scott Freeline. Hi, hey. Scott. Hi there. Uh, are you just taking one vehicle, or is there going to be a? a procession of tow trucks or something taken it'll be a procession of tow trucks uh, police fire ambulance service vehicles um i've had a number of calls from companies that and and emergency responders who are going to be involved in this as well so um you know, it's it's probably not going to be a uh, a huge procession. We'd like to get you know fifteen or twenty vehicles in it, you know, to at least get it escorted through Muhammad and out of town. Uh, and again, we want to do that special service at the uh, the rest area for mm-hmm. for uh, Trooper Albin, mm-hmm. and then uh, continue on from there. So, are you aware of all the construction going on between here and Bloomington? Yeah, we are. Yeah. So well, that was part yeah. of the problem. Yeah. That was part of the problem it's with dangerous. Officer. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I guess if, if you have police escorting you, they can because of the big trucks. They just, I mean, you're in a forty-five mile zone, and they're going sixty. Right. Well, that's part of it. I mean, part of the purpose of putting the procession out there is so people see it as they're driving by. Hopefully, again, that they're going to slow down and pay attention to those flashing lights. And, and again, it draws that attention to the concerns of, of the safety of those individuals who are having to respond to those incidents. We've okay. been having to go to Bloomington several times here in the last few weeks. Yep. And we go the old 150 route. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a good so, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Okay, thanks. Yep. Good to hear from you. Yeah, that's in, and you've been in uh, law enforcement. It's got to hit home with... Uh, Officer Albin, what happened oh, there, and then yeah. of course uh, your friend here that just passed away. From, yeah, Harley Rutledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's been a, a rough couple of weeks for all the law enforcement community in particular, and you know even for us now in the towing business, I know my my company's really taken and, and looked at those situations. I mean, to work those roadside accidents, which we're doing all the time, and then to see one of the troopers wind up dead that way, uh, as well as as uh, with Harley and his freak accident. Mm-hmm. You know, we're close to that community because we work with them day in right. and day out. It's a very tight-knit it is. It tight-knit is. fraternity. Yep. All right. Well, uh, again, if they have information on all of this, they can call uh, Reynolds Towing, 337-0913. Correct. Information. Can they email you, or do they just need, is that the better number That's That's a general number that will get to, and our staff is, is aware of what's get going there. on, and we'll have additional information. I think the biggest thing is it's going to be at Marketplace Mall, mm-hmm. and the public is more than welcome to come out, see the casket. Um, we'll have it on display for a while and just you know take mm-hmm. in the ceremony and participate if they'd like. And that's on the northeast corner Correct. of the mall there. Correct. So. Check that out on Saturday, mm-hmm. correct? 9 o'clock. For 9 the, o'clock for casket doing, 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock for the ceremony. ceremony. All right, very good. All right. Thank, thank you, Scott. You. Great good to, to see good you again, to have Brian. you on. Good to see you. 1028, a quick break. Come back with news headlines and then open phones here the rest of this hour here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Stay tuned. All right, appreciate Scott Friedline stopping by for a few minutes. Very uh, valued member of our community for all the activities he's involved in along the way and uh, talking about the Illini Rebounders golf outing. And the Spirit Ride, making awareness of the move over, slow down uh, law. So always be careful out there as you drive around and watch out for that on the highways and byways. We're at 1031 and 80 degrees. And Michael Kaiser is up next with news headlines. Open phones the rest of the way here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Tomorrow, Dr. King Lee from the Carl Illinois College of Medicine as it takes shape. That'll come up in the second hour tomorrow. Open line in hour number one tomorrow. Open phones the rest of this way. Uh, this day coming up on Penny for Your Thoughts. Stay tuned. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts. Brian Barnhart in the Penny chair today here on DWS. One of our sponsors. You've heard him before. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog. Of course, it's a busy time of the year for them. It's a family company. Workers all get their full benefits, including a 401K. The crew works very hard to make every Swanson Roofing customer totally satisfied with the work the company does for them. And please note, their workmanship is guaranteed for the life of the roof, and materials carry a 50-year warranty. And they also take full responsibility for all workmanship of any past customer. Also, Corey wants you to know he'll do small repairs and help you save your roof. Maybe there's just something small you need done. So don't let a small situation scare you into, well, I'm going to have to do replace the whole thing. You might be able to fix it just in that little area and take care of it for you. We'll see. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog. They've been with the company for many years. Swanson Roofing guarantees their workmanship again for life. 
If you're interested in this and want to get a uh, maybe an estimate, maybe an idea of what it's going to cost you, you can compare, do some comparison shopping. But uh, make sure you call the folks at Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog, 217-355-ROOF, 217-355-7663, or visit the Swanson Roofing online at theroofingdog.com. Pretty easy to remember. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phone line today. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Email us, talk at wdws.com. I see Bill Black in the News Gazette today talking with Tom Kasich about maybe coming back to Springfield. Of course, Chad Hayes announced uh, earlier that he would not run for another term. Hayes had succeeded Black as the Danville area representative back in December of 2010. Interesting comment by Bill Black. Uh, he was talking to Tom Kasich about all of this. And what was it? I have to get it. I want to get it exactly right. What he said to uh, Tom Kasich. He said he was recently meeting with U.S. Representative Mike Bost of Murfreesboro. At one time, they were colleagues in the Illinois House. He said, we both agreed we don't miss the circus, but we miss some of the clowns. Uh, he said, I don't mean that as a pejorative term. He said, some of the performers and people were nice people. I love the staff. It's a different environment, but I think I could navigate through it. And now at my age, I'm not going to go over there thinking, oh, gosh, how am I going to run for 2020 and 2022? He said, I just run year to year. So anyway, Bill Black uh, thinking about making a comeback at some point. That was in the News Gazette today. Of course, our newsroom's been busy here at uh, WDWS covering the uh, Christensen situation with the kidnapping case. We've had the processionals that are going to happen this morning with uh, Officer Alban, who was killed in that traffic accident on I-74, and uh, other situations as well. The newsroom's on top of here at DWS. 356-9397. You can reach us on the phones here. We'll come back with more. Penny, for your thoughts, take a quick break and get the phone calls rolling again, the emails and the text line wide open as well. Stay tuned. More to come on Penny, for your thoughts on a Thursday. All right, we're back. What's on your mind today as we work our way through an open line here the rest of this way? We're at uh, 1041 here on this Thursday, an open line in hour number one tomorrow between 9 and 10, and then we'll be joined by Dr. King Lee, the uh, new Carl Illinois College of Medicine that they're putting together and building and getting accreditation for and the steps ongoing as that begins. We'll talk to Dr. King Lee, who just recently in the last few months named the uh, dean of that college at the University of Illinois in conjunction with Carl. Got some information on the, you know, President Trump is in Poland today. He's been in Warsaw. You may have heard Michael Kaiser mention the Warsaw Uprising, a little bit of history on that. It's a fascinating story. A lot of people, though, lost their lives in that particular uprising. And we'll tell you what was going on, the back and forth there, if we get a moment. Let's go back to the phones here, and Bill jumps in with us here. Hi, Bill. Hey, good morning, Brian. Good morning. Um, sort of amusing that Bill Black suddenly thinks he can go back to Springfield and uh, solve some of the problems. Uh, you know, Bill Black voted to forego pension payments years ago, and, of course, he's drawn one now. Uh, so I don't think Bill Black has any better answers now than he had in the past. Well, he probably misses the rumble and tumble, right? Well, those guys get addicted to that stuff, and they think they're really, you know, have some clout. But unfortunately, we've had many, many guys like Bill Black, 
that are still over there in office that really haven't done you or I any favors. Well, they're uh, not alone. I mean, the whole group. I mean, there are guys, though, they, they fought pretty hard for a lot of things, but for the Republicans, they were in, they've been in such a minority for so long that they haven't been able to do much. Well, that's, that's certainly true, but like I said, Bill Black made some votes years ago that you know, caused some of the pension problems we have now. Those guys weren't willing to step up to the, to the plate, and suddenly now you know, he's in the front page of the News Gazette like, I can come back and I'll try to fix this. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Well, I guess uh, we'll see if he, if he follows through on it. I know he's had some health issues here recently. so Yeah, I, I would think Bill Black would be happy just to grow his pension and uh, hang out, maybe get to hang out with you guys on talk radio every now and then. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, Bill. Good to hear from you. 356-9397. can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Back to the phones here. Uh, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, uh, Brian. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, a couple things. Uh, this guy just called saying mm-hmm. that Bill Black voted the four gold pensions. I'd like to hear Bill Black call in and clarify that. Uh, something tells me there's a lot more to that than just Bill Black voted the four gold pensions. Yeah, there's, it, there's, hey, I can tell you there's a lot more. A lot to, uh, more than that. To not just that, but any vote. There, there's a lot more to it than that. There's so. a lot more going on. It, yeah. It's not just a simple answer like right. that. Now, uh, how much is our pension liability? Like uh, $200 billion or $150 Oof. billion? I don't know. I, it's a huge number. I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's outrageously monstrous. And we're hooked on it. The taxpayers hooked for those pensions. And the problem is there's no lockbox for those pensions. Yeah. Well, That's you think a lockbox would there even would you even be able to keep your hands out of a lockbox though? Well, not with the Democrats and rhinos up there. No, they're they're crooks. I mean, and I can't say every single person up there's a crook. I'm sure there's some good ones, but you know, Jesus said by the snow, they're pork failing, they're ripping it, they're it's disappearing. Uh, like I called in the other day and I said that Illinois Education Fund, you know, for college people, you know, the save up for your college, uh, your kids' college fund, that's all vanished. Without a trace, millions of dollars vanished from the Illinois state government without a trace. Yeah, well, the the accounting uh, is not a pretty picture when you go back over the last uh, 25, 30 no. years. So. No, it's not. And if they would have, you know, the money that's taken out of a state worker's check for their pension, if that would go into a lockbox, then any taxes taken out of my check for that mm-hmm. would go into a lockbox, that money would be there. So this isn't Governor Rauner's fault. And this isn't the taxpayers' fault. This is Mike Madigan, John Colton, and Pat Quinn, Blagojevich, and all those Democrats up there, especially Chicago. That is their fault. Uh, I just saw a stat yesterday that 40% of our state education fund is going to pensions at the moment. Hmm. Well, How can you learn school? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a big number, but there's also a lot of people. I mean, I've got a father-in-law who was an educator, a superintendent, for many years, I mean, there are a lot of people living on the pension that need it, you know, that uh, yeah. that, that worked hard for it, and you know, somehow we got to get it figured out. But I don't know, I don't know what the well, answer is. But there's got to be a willingness to bend on, you know, do something differently than we're doing now. That's for sure. Oh yeah, because you can bet the vast majority of this five billion dollar tax trees, and we got like a, uh, over a hundred billion. I can't remember the exact figure, but that's a huge unfunded liability for the pensions. This five billion ain't gonna touch it. It's not going to touch this at all, yeah. which means the tax, I mean, we're just going to get ripped. 
so we won't do Medicaid payments, but we'll make those pension payments. Which, you know, those people who put in, they deserve it. But where did all that money go? It's not fair to rip off the taxpayer and the employers, because even though we're up to almost 5%, the employers, they're paying almost 7%. Well, this what, is outrageous. Yeah, what's the old phrase of eventually you run out of other people's money? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And, you know, they're saying, well, we had the, the rhinos that defected, the 15 representatives, and I forgot how many senators that jumped ship and went over to Madigan's hmm. side. Hmm. Well, if we don't pass the you know, budget, we're going to be junk bond status. But, you know, even though we pass it, it could still be junk bond status. Yeah, that hasn't been uh, decided yet officially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, and then I'll let you go real quick, but, this isn't going to solve anything. We're still going to get nailed on property taxes. We're going to get ripped on everything, and it won't do it. And you watch, just like it did under Pat Quinn, the debt will rise. And, you know, they can steam and holler and blame the uh, rounder all they want. This has nothing to do with rounder. This is all Mike Maddie. Hey, thanks for the call. Thanks, Brian. Pre- appreciate Bye-bye. it. Yep, good to hear from you, Brian. 356-9397. You can email us. Talk at WDWS.com. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 351-5357. Yeah, the problem runs deeper, I think, than the governor. Now, the governor hasn't necessarily helped himself either, but, uh, you know, the reason he was elected, what did uh, Pat Quinn win two counties, two or three counties? The reason he was elected was to try to make an attempt to try to change the way it was going. But uh, this particular budget, it, it, what happened is over two years, the pressure has grown so high that everybody's just throwing their hands up and saying, we got to get something in place. But uh, I, I don't think this is going to solve anything other than giving it a budget and saying we'll deal with it next year, <laughs> which is basically what they've done. Uh, let's go to Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi. Speaking of the budget, did you hear about the article in St. Louis where – Missouri's trying to buy those two counties where Belleville, Edwardsville, East St. Louis is from Illinois. They're trying to buy them? Or take them from us. Oh. Yeah, take them from <laughs> Illinois, get them off our hands so they can grow the metro St. Louis area and have it all kind of one state. Oh. And um, they think we need the money, which we do. Um, so I, I didn't know if you heard that. Or... No, was that, where, where was that at? In the St. Louis paper? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. It was last night. Okay. So, I'd, uh, I'll take a look at it. I just thought that was interesting, yeah. Well, there was, of course, the, somebody made a wise crack about, you know, we should have Wisconsin take over northern Illinois and Indiana swallow up some of the east-central counties and uh, <laughs> just carve it up. Then Iowa take the west. Iowa yeah. take the yeah. west, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Okay, thanks. 356-9397. Good conversation today. I've enjoyed all the uh, conversation back and forth about various topics. 1050 here on DWS. Let's go to the next line. Greg, good morning. How are you? Hello, Brian. Uh, your previous caller, Brian, he was talking about the property taxes. The state has, the only thing the state has to do with property taxes is uh, if you think they're too high, you go to the state appeal board to have those lowered. And also, your property taxes are by your county, mm-hmm. and most of it is your school districts. Right. That's the big driver, isn't of, it? It is. And a lot of those costs are from unfunded mandates from the state telling the schools they have to do, they have to do different things. But the, uh, you know, if you have a problem with your property tax, you go to the county. And also, Bill Black did vote 
for the Edgar Pension ramp. Mm-hmm. And I I called in last week and talked to uh, talked to Jim, and Bill Black called back and tried to dispute some of the facts that I gave him. Mm-hmm. And also, your previous caller Brian said if all the money that was taken out of the state employees' paychecks were put in a lockbox, well, you know that money. I I retired from the state, and every two weeks when I got paid, my retirement money was taken out. Supposedly went to the retirement system. Well, apparently it didn't, but the state not paying their contribution is the biggest cause of this. Yeah, and that changed what? Somewhere in the, was it Blagojevich or somewhere back well, in started, there? <clears throat> it started under Thompson with these uh, oh, okay. pension holidays. Mm-hmm. And then Blagojevich, in his, I think the first couple of years of his, he got it, he had a law passed, him and Madigan had a law passed where they could legally not do that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I remember. Somewhere they were allowed to do it. That's what. And the uh, I'll tell you, all the people that voted on that, that Edgar pension ramp in 95, most of the Republicans are gone. There's only one or two left, but I'll tell you who's, who's still there that voted on it. Mike Madigan, Mary Flowers, Barbara Flynn Curry, Joe Hoffman, all Chicago Democrats that are still there. Mm-hmm. So h- how, can we, how can we expect the people that caused this problem to solve it. Well, that's right. It's the, what is it, the fox in charge of the hen house, right? Exactly. Yeah. And until Madigan's gone, nothing down there is going to change. And this recent, this $5.8 billion tax increase they've just got, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you every dollar that's already been spent on something. They've got it lined up to give it away. None of that will go to pension reform. It'll pay a few of these bills down, but uh, but it's, it's yeah. far from being the... Uh, a cure for it. Yeah, well, it had reached a you know a crisis point, you know, after two years of this, and so that's where some of the Republicans, I think, said, "Hey, you know, they're probably hearing from their constituents, you know," and I'm sure that's the case with uh, you know uh, State Senator Ryder down there with Eastern Illinois just getting clobbered in all well, of you this, know, you know, and Senator Ryder and and uh, Representative Mitchell, my representative, they voted their district. They voted what they thought was best for them, and I, they should be applauded for that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got to cross the aisle to get something done, every once in a while, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, and it's too bad they couldn't have compromised. Something talking about both sides, Madigan and Rauner in general, because I think there was a compromise in there somewhere there to, was. Be, to be had. But uh, it basically got forced, and this is the way Madigan has operated for years. You wait until the very last hour of the last day. And then you orchestrate it through, and then there's not much you can do about it. You know, the spring session starts in January and runs <laughs> to the end of May. I know. And I think, I think this year they only met 11 days out of the total, however many days they had for that. They need to go back like Illinois used to do, meet every two years. Yep. And if you can't get it done between January and, uh, and May, you stay down there to get it done, and you don't get paid. You've already been paid. Yeah. I think it is it Indiana that has a two-year budget. I think they do. Yeah, they do. I think that's right. I've spent some time over there and, and heard about it. But anyway, well, hey, well, thanks for the call, Greg. Okay, Brian. Yep. Thank Good you. info. Bye. We'll take a quick break. Ten fifty four. Back to start to wrap it up here on Penny for your thoughts. After this, got an email from Bill. He says, "I understand people depend on their state pensions, but I depend on my paycheck just as much." How many public employee unions supported the Democrats that destroyed the state? Email in from Bill. Warsaw Uprising, President Trump's over in Poland today. You may have heard about that on the news. 
That's a big story. You should go back and read kind of what happened there. The Poles, uh, the Polish resistance rose up against the Germans in 1944. This is near the end of the war, but not quite. August to October of 1944. Because the Russians were coming. They were approaching from the other direction. And the Russians encouraged them to rise up against the Germans. And so they were able to take parts of the city away from the Nazis. But then the Russians stopped and they didn't show up. And part of that had to do with a struggle between the Polish resistance, the Polish underground state, and the Polish Committee of National Liberation, the non-communist, basically, portion of the resistance, and the communist portion. And the Russians wanted to establish the communist-type government once they moved in. So basically the resistance fighters rose up thinking the Russians were coming, and it turned out the Russians did not come. And as a result, 16,000 members of the Polish resistance were killed, about 6,000 badly wounded, and they say between 150 and 200,000 Polish civilians died, mostly from mass executions as the Germans retaliated, took it back over. Over 85% of the city eventually destroyed between the 1939 invasion of Poland, the Warsaw Uprising in the ghetto in 1943, and the Warsaw Uprising in 1944. So it's uh, just horrible what happened, and that's where uh, President Trump is today, if you hear that on the news. Kind of gives you the background of what went on. We're at uh, 1059, just about out of time for today. Again, in hour number one tomorrow, we will have an open line, similar to today. Hour number two, we'll visit with Dr. King Lee, who is the new dean of the Carl Illinois College of Medicine. Lots of exciting things going on there. Visit with him in hour number two, and that'll be the show for tomorrow and for the rest of the week. Of course, the uh, Saturday Sports Talk folks, Michael Kaiser, Lauren Tate, coming up on Saturday. Jim returns on Monday with the next edition of Penny for Your Thoughts after tomorrow. Glad to have been with you today. Thank you again. Uh, great contributions from everybody out there, all the different topics from North Korea to the pension to the state budget to the Christensen case, the kidnapping case. Uh, here in central Illinois and all that's happening with that as they kind of ramp up for what's going to happen there with the charges and the defense of the uh, defendant there. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to Jim Lewis for helping out today along the way. I'm Brian Barnhart for Jim Turpin. The news is next. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a great day, everybody.